Welcome to the Fod Eater Fod Pass. <laughs> what is up? What is up? What is up, everybody? It is Froth here, Thought Eater Podcast, Thought Eater Blog. Hope you're doing well. Thank you, as always, for listening. And we are back again, yet again, to Hump Day Bloggerama Weekly Show, where I take you on a stroll around the old RPG blogosphere. I ramble about it at length here on the podcast, and then I put up all the links over at the Thought Eater blog. Easiest way to find that is just to Google Thought Eater blog, or you can go to froth, sofdnd.blogspot.com. Com, com. Doing all right. Hope y'all are doing well. I gotta tell you, though, this coronavirus thing, pretty scary. So I overreacted over the weekend and, or maybe I underreacted, I don't know. I went ahead and just, uh, got a bunch of necessities just in case. Better safe than sorry. I'd rather be the guy who's like, hey, look at all the toilet paper Frost got, you know. I'd rather be that guy than the guy without toilet paper. But uh, wherever you are in the world, I hope you're you're doing all right and uh, staying safe as you can. We will see what happens. But um, anyway, big show this week. It was one of those weeks where I thought I'm, I hadn't been saving that many things. I was thinking I, I wasn't going to have much of a show, but then when I laid it out, it's it's a ton of stuff and a ton of good stuff too. Material's great. The delivery, as always, will likely be spotty, but we will see what happens. Anyway, I got a quick call in to get to from Mr. Yoder. I have not heard from from Jim Yoder in a little bit, so it's good to hear from him. Let's check it out. Hey, Froth, this is Jim. Um, Random Encounters in the Library. Um, so I just caught the Cepheus Engine Classic Traveler bug. Um and I was just curious, um, I didn't know if your uh, interest in is just that all the free stuff, or if you had been uh, playing around with it or um, done anything with it. So I'm currently, um, that was two sentences that jammed into each other. So I am currently... <laughs> um, messing around with it so just curious um um looking forward to hearing what your answer is take care and good night mr yoder there legendary anchorite from random encounters in the library talking about cepheus engine which if you don't know is a traveler clone and yeah so i got to play a little traveler it's time goes by it's been a few years ago now and James Malashevsky's Traveler Group, because I had gotten interested in it. It's not one of the games that I played back in the day, but I collected a few things and picked up some of the books and, and finally got to, to do some playing, and I really, really liked it. So my interest in it, yeah, I love that this stuff's free. I do collect when I can find good deals on. I do get my hands on some old classic Traveler stuff. But it is not something that I'm currently running, and 
while I do intend on playing some more of it, it's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be one of the next few things I do. But I do like to read it, and uh, a lot of the old stuff is great, and I, I, I do like, uh, I actually have one of the Cepheus books uh, on my nightstand, you know, that I cycle through all these different RPG books. Um, the one I recommend to people, if you're going, going the Cepheus route, you know, the free route, is the Faster Than Light supplement. It takes out some of the, I think, uh, stuff like Starship creation and, and stuff that, it's not that it's not cool, it's just stuff that I likely wouldn't use, you know, probably sticking the basics and the Starships that are already in there, and, you know, so it, it strips some of that away and some of the extra you know, the extra things, and it, while it's not rules light, you can at least wrap your head around it if you're coming into the game without, uh, without a lot of experience, so, uh, and it's free, so, so anyway, that's where I'm at with the Cepheus stuff, but, um, but I, I like it quite a bit, I like it quite a bit, so that's cool that you're going to be diving in, and great time to be doing it, there is tons of free stuff for it, so great time to be playing Traveler right now. All right, so last thing I got under the intro tab for y'all. Whenever there's some new bloggers, I like to mention them. And I got another couple of new blogs for y'all. Zeno's Ramblings. Xenophonsramblings.blogspot.com They just got uh, just got it popping off here in February. And so that's Xenophon of Athens. So welcome to the blogosphere, Zeno. And then the Mad Cartographer. Madcartographer.com uh, looks like they just got one post up so far from about a week ago. So, welcome to the blogosphere, Mad Cartographer. They've got a, a Glog class up. So, um, so anyway, always great to see brand new bloggers jumping in. And I wish you the best of luck. I'll be following along with what you're doing. I've already got you on the Read or Die blog roll. Win, Spelljammer. Win, Spelljammer. Yes, that's the name of this little segment. Win Spelljammer. So, the new 5e setting leaked. And, you know, I know you shouldn't jump on other people's fun. or I know I shouldn't whine and complain and expect every 5e release to be tailor-made to be something that I like. I get all that. I know all that. I know all that. In my heart. But I couldn't help but be disappointed. At the announcement that the new 5e book. Is another one of these Magic the Gathering spinoffs. Similar to the Guild Masters of Ravnica. Now we are going to have Mythic Odysseys of Theros. I've never played Magic. <coughs> Excuse me. I know nothing about it. I know nothing about the lore. I didn't even realize there was this, you know, until the Ravnica thing, I, I didn't even have a clue that there was a setting behind it. I just thought it was a, you know, card game. Um, so, yeah. Now, I, I should say, though, that the Ravnica book has got the uh, Circle of Spores Druid that I'm playing in a 5e game, and that's great. That's great. But in the entire book, it's just like, you know, there's a few backgrounds that don't really make sense if you're not playing in the setting and like a couple of subclasses. So not a lot for your whatever it is, 50 bucks worth. I know I didn't pay that, but list price. That being said, 
I'm sure they're, you know, they wouldn't be making another magic book if it didn't do well. And I know that uh, a lot of people, I'm sure, are happy about it. And that's great. But, uh, you know, it's been the last few books or several of the books have just not been right up my alley, unfortunately. But I don't blame them for doing what sells. And so Geek Native has got some announcements how this thing leaked. There's like a little uh, trailer sort of thing for it. Pre-orders happening now on Amazon. And then uh, over at uh, Polaroids and PolarBears.co.uk, they've also got uh, sort of the same kind of news about it. But I've been secretly rooting for Spelljammer for years now. I think they could really just make a mint with Spelljammer. And it doesn't seem like, it seems like other people are kind of thinking like I am, you know. I think there's kind of some rumblings, people wanting that Spelljammer. So I was looking over at Alpha's uh, Alpha Stream, uh, Tio Sabadia's blog, alphastream.org. They're posting about what a 5e Spelljammer campaign setting might look like. And they say that the trailer for the new Baldur's Gate 3 video game features a mind flare flying aboard a flying flying aboard a vessel known as the Nautiloid from Spelljammer. And so maybe that's a hint um, about Spelljammer. And then they talk about the Spelljammer setting and, and a bunch of other stuff. Pretty good read. And then over at the Rat Hole, the RatHole.ca. They're doing a uh, retrospective look back about Spelljammer. Now, Spelljammer is not a setting that we did anything with back when I was younger, but I snuck a, you know, I can't remember if it was eBay. Found a used copy that was complete. Now, the little chits and stuff had been kind of torn off, but it is complete. It's got everything in there. Uh, of the of the of the box set, I found a copy of it, and I just think there's a lot they could do with it. I mean, I think there's a lot they could do with it. So, I have seen some cool uh, free, you know, hacks and homebrew PDFs floating around and everything, but you know, I'll have to wait for, around for the next announcement and see what it is. But the the last couple. I know that a lot of people are excited about them, and I shouldn't be this way about it. I really shouldn't, but I couldn't help but be just a little bit disappointed. So I wanted Spelljammer. So when Spelljammer? The map segment of Hump Day Bloggerama is proudly brought to you by Frank Turfler, legendary anchorite of Frank T's Liner Notes. I've been backing Frank T's Patreon for a while. High-quality, full-color, world-class battle maps, sci-fi, fantasy, and otherwise. Innovative print and paste terrain that brings your table to life. Multiple support tiers, including a commercial tier, which will allow you to use Frank T's creations in your own commercial projects. You can sample some of the quality of the work by looking for Frank's Free Map Friday posts. So whether you are a creator that is looking for some cartography for a new project, whether you are a GM gaming online or in person at the table, or you're just like Froth, a map junkie, and you can't get enough of this stuff, go right now to patreon.com forward slash Frank T and check it out.
All right, let's talk about some maps. It wasn't that long ago when I was talking about, and Colin Green and some other folks called in, uh, Rudy called in, we're talking about this, this map scroll, this Japanese map scroll that I'd featured on the show. And I was talking about how an RPG would, you know, could do really well with one of these scroll maps. And so there's been a couple of things that they were uh, talking about. And, and then now I saw over at Bell of Lost Souls, bellofloftsouls.net, there's a new product called the Infinite Dungeon that is kickstarting with six different scrolls where you, you kind of have the scroll mounted and you unroll it as the players um, kind of go through the battle maps. So it's like uh, these scroll battle maps. <laughs> it looks pretty awesome. looks pretty awesome. No way am I going to back it, simply because Kickstarter has brutalized me uh, through the uh, first through Zine Quest. Then I think I'm back in the Swords and Wizardry box. That hasn't ended yet. And I'm probably going to back Monty Cook's Patolas. But this looks awesome. And I've got an image up for you to see. If you follow the link over to Bell of Lost Souls, it's also got a uh, like a little video for it too. So the Infinite Dungeon, check that map out. Those maps, very cool. And then this was linked over at Geek Native, and I followed it over to the Cubicle7Games.com blog, talking about the Age of Sigmar, Soulbound, the Great Parch Map Reveal. So the new Warhammer Age of Sigmar role-playing game, Soul Soulbound, uh, that is going to be coming out. And I forget... There was some company that had the uh, the license for this and then lost it. Uh, I don't think the game did very well. Don't know the exact story. But anyway, they've got the Great Parch map up, and this looks amazing. So if you're into Age of Sigmar and Warhammer and stuff like that and want to have a look at some of these maps, i got links up for you for that. Then uh, the Always Reliable Cartographers Guild. Spotted a cool one over there, the ba a battle map called the Occupied Ruins. Great looking battle map. The thing I like most about it, well, a couple things. One, it looks, looks like hand-drawn, which I always like. And the other thing, I don't know if it is hand-drawn, but it has that look. And the second thing I really like is that it uses shadow. So many times these bird's-eye-view battle maps um, don't have any shadow. So you don't have any kind of sense of, of the light and, and that kind of thing. And, and so that was something that made this one stand out to me. I would definitely download this if you squirrel this stuff away like I do for games. Uh, cool, just outdoor ruin. You could definitely see having a cool encounter out there. So that's a cartographer's guild. And then finally on the maps, I don't know if I've mentioned this before. I know I've mentioned Dyson uh, Logos blog before, but... Dyson has been doing this series, uh, kind of sporadic series, um, updating the maps um, for uh, the old uh, uh, Expedition to Barrier Peaks adventure and kind of reshaping them a little bit, taking away some of the excess space, you know, the empty space, and kind of resizing them and everything. And so this is really cool. If you're planning on running that adventure, uh, you might want to utilize these maps or at least check them out. And so um, I thought this was a really cool series that Dyson's been doing at DysonLogos.blog. And as always, got to give a shout out and a huge thank you to Frank Turfler, legendary anchorite from Frank T's Liner Notes and Patreon.com forward slash Frank T for supporting the map segment. Thank you as always, Frank. 
All right, I saw a bunch of stuff for Old School Essentials, a.k.a. OSE, a.k.a. BX, reformatted. Uh, and I thought I'd group them all together. First, a big review over at the Other Side blog, Tim S. Brandon's excellent, theotherside.timsbrandon.com. And yeah, so it's just a breakdown of it. If you've been living under an old school rock and don't know about old school essentials, uh, it's got a breakdown of all the books, box set, and everything else. Check that out. Then over at the Thacko blog, thackorpg.blogspot.com, Ryan Marsh over there put up a post called Old School Essentials Gems Number 1, talking about the growing number of materials being produced by third-party publishers for OSE. And it breaks down a few of these, including Appendix N Entertainment uh, stuff, the Lost Classes, the Ar Arnesonian Classes, Solar Sanctuary of the Cannibal Corpse, cool title, like that. And so breaking down a few, uh, you know, some, some supplements, some, some stuff that's out for OSE you might not be aware of. And then finally, this is really cool, Norman J. Harmon Jr.'s blog, Troll and Flame, trollandflame.blogspot.com. It's talking about the OSE online tools and SRD. And so they are linking over to these online tools. Gavin Norman's got up over at the Necrotic Gnome site. Treasure by treasure type, treasure by dungeon level, random encounters, a bunch of stuff, a bunch of generators, a bunch of tools that you can use. So OSE is getting really well supported. Good time to be playing BX. Not my favorite flavor, but I do enjoy it. I do enjoy it, and this stuff is really, really well done. So if you're playing that, check out all these links, some supplements, free generators, and uh, reviews, and a bunch of everything else. Some reviews and retrospectives. There is a great one over at DM David right now, dmdavid.com, talking about the Ardwin Grimoire. Going back through Dave Hargrave's Fever Dream. Fever Dream D&D uh, &D supplements. Great article, especially if you've never heard of it. As I mentioned before, in case of fire, my Arduin box is uh, one of the things I'm trying to grab. And I love it. Love it. Love the gonzo. Love the weirdness. Love the just unique vision. And um, it goes into some of the, you know, the feud with Gygax, you know. Gygax dumped on the Arduin Grimoires pretty hard. But Gygax dumped on Gygax dumped on zines back then. Um, it was not his best look. He mellowed in age after getting you know booted out of TSR. But it was when he was at his most feisty. When he was talking about things like, like Arduin. Uh, but anyway. Anyway, a good look back at that stuff. <clears throat> I love that stuff. So that's cool. a good read over at dmdavid.com. <clears throat> Speaking of good reads, over at the Indie Game Reading Club, uh, they've been doing this series called A Decade of Indie Role-Playing, looking back through the 2010s. And uh, so Paul Be uh, this is um, Paul Beakley's blog that's come up a few times. So they've got, at least of this recording, they've got, I think, four up for 2010 through 2013. And they go through and talk about some of the games that came out and uh, how they influenced everything. And so I thought these were really good retrospective posts. So definitely go and check these out. Um, uh, I think you'll enjoy it. So that's uh, Indie Game Reading Club. 
Retrospectives.com. Uh, speaking of retrospectives, I can't believe that this is, has been out this long, but back, it was back in 2014 when Claytonian JP's Wizardarium of Calabraxis came out for DCC. Raven Crow King is looking back at it over at dcctreasures.blogspot.com. And they mentioned that back in 2014, they listed it as the number one must-have DCC adventure. So, uh, yeah, always been a fan of Claytonian JP. Um, actually, I uh, got Claytonian to do a illustration of a uh, uh, gibbering mouther for my first zine. Talented artist and writer and does a lot to support DCC. I've seen them wrangling uh, for uh, Gong Farmer's Almanac and everything else. So if you never checked out this this jewel, the Wizardarium of Calabraxis for DCC, you can read more about that over the DCC Trove of Treasures. And oh my gosh, I had to give a shout out to Levi Combs because Levi's been busy. Not one, not two, not th- but three. Three different reviews of different things that Levi Combs has been working on. Horror out of Hag's, Hag's Jaw over at the 10-Foot Pole review site. An Occurrence at Howling Crater over at Punverse. That's Justin Ryan Isaac's excellent blog, The Halls of the Nephilim. And and then The Jungle Tomb of the Mummy Bride over at uh, criminally underrated John Stater's blog, landofnod.blog. And all this stuff is getting good reviews. And it sounds right up my alley. I got to get a hold of this. Uh, uh, let's see. What is one of the things? I uh, should have had it just highlighted. Uh, like, so uh, from. Oh, man. Do I need to start recording this over? No, I don't. I'm not going to edit it. A 10 foot pole. Uh, Bryce Lynch mentions horror. This is the creatures you face are blobby like gelatinous humanish creatures statted as gibbering mouthers. And, uh, it says that it's excellent over at, uh, at the pun verse. Um, they're saying if the Hills had, I have eyes, had a baby with plan nine from the outer space and let the baby do crack in a spaceship, you'd get an occurrence at howling crater. <laughs> so, Wow. Might as well just, you know, I'm sold. And then uh, over at the John Stater's blog, they're saying um, art and presentation are great. Uh, it's a cute little descent into a green hell crawling with the walking dead. Nasty enough, written for 5e, but nasty enough to work for all of us old schoolers out there. So Levi Combs apparently is killing it. And I had to give them a shout because three reviews in a row I'm seeing for Levi Combs stuff and they're all enjoying it and the stuff looks really cool. So, so, uh, wow. Keep it up, but take a nap, take a break, take a break every once in a while, Levi. Well, let's roll on some random tables. Well, let's roll on some random tables. Uh, yeah, a little bonus there, a little froth, uh, as Rob C. from Down in a Heap refers to them as our dulcet tones. Uh, the Papers and Pencils blog, paperspencils.com. Nick L.S. Whelan's blog. We've got a D100 table up. D100 additional reasons. The wizard is more than they seem. This wizard is more than they seem. But how? 
Got the old dice tower out with the sweet clear acrylic and the smooth faux wood panels. This wizard is more than it seems because uh, whenever this wizard wishes, a ferocious house cat will leap out of the pocket of their robe. This is in all ways a real house cat with no special abilities, aside from being incredibly ill-tempered. The wizard is able to produce 20 cats in this manner each day. This reminds me of a lady that lived near my dad. <laughs> oh, man. The cats never disappear and must either be fed and cared for or gotten rid of in some deliberate manner. The cats are only slightly friendlier towards the wizard. So, yeah, let's do one more on here. The wizard is not what it seems. Uh, once a day, this wizard can transfor transform themselves into a tree. In this state, they cannot move for one hour, after which they return to their natural shape, fully rested with all their hit points and spells restored. It has completely re replaced sleep for them. So that is a cool power. This wizard's not what it seems. It's a tree. All right, at Dungeons and Possums, dungeonspossums.blogspot.com, they've got a collection of D6 roll tables up. Some that they uh, collaborated on Twitter, some that they came up with on their own. So let's take a look at uh, a couple of these. D6 Beasts. Uh, okay, this beast is a blue-eyed lizard with minor psychic abilities that it uses to confuse and disorient its small insect prey. A little psychic little lizard. How about D6 Corruptions? D6 Corruptions. A sentient boil. Pustulant hellspawn resembling a sunny-side-up egg uh, made of swollen skin. Oh. Filled with soupy disease. <laughs> Each was once a sinful priest. Still aware. Spit, filth, and decay. Save versus poison or be infected, becoming the embodiment of the priest's sin in 1d12 days. Oh. Nasty. Nasty, nasty stuff. It is a corruption, after all. So check that out. Dungeonspossums.blogspot.com And then finally... At the Down in the Chthonic Deeps blog, chthonic-halls.blogspot.com, they put up a post that's called Random Encounter Table Design. And it's just got a bunch of different types of table. And so this was just kind of cool. Kind of a meta, a meta random table post for y'all. Uh, where they're doing everything from D6 by D6 tables to uh, standard tables, D3 by D3, 2D6, you know, all laid out. So anyway... I just thought this was interesting to kind of visualize and ponder the different kinds of random tables you might uh, want to use. And so that is over at Chthonic Halls. All right, the ever-popular free stuff. There wasn't a ton of free stuff this week, uh, but I got a few things for you. I still got that pustulant, sunny-side-up egg, soupy, diseased, sentient boil in my mind. Ugh. That's going to stick for a little while. A little soupy little guy. Anyway, <clears throat> over at Dumpstat Adventures. They do a lot of support for 5e. Dumpstatadventures.com. They've got the Gunsmith's Kit. They've been doing these different kits for different classes. And uh, so they've got one for a Gunsmith. You know, there's all kinds of um, house, you know, home-brewed uh, gunslinger classes. So so if you're, you're utilizing gunpower in your, your settings... 
You can check these PDFs out. And then K-Trey. K-Trey from D4 Caltrips, blog.d4caltrips.com, has continued to do their OSE. I should have put these under the OSE tab. Oh, well. Um, continue to do these downloadable PDFs, these encounter activity tables for all the creatures in OSE slash slash slush slash bx so i got a bunch more for you uh that they did this week i mean they're doing like one a day elementals giant toads hobgoblins on and on and on so let's get a bonus roll here and see what that giant toad is up to sure you encounter a giant toad but what's it doing that's the question this giant toad is uh, getting the drop on a crunchy wolf-sized crayfish. So they're sneaking. You're sneaking up on the toad while they're sneaking up on the crayfish. That's the cycle of life. This giant toad is uh, distending its jaw as it struggles to swallow an unconscious ogre. So yeah, you can picture that. Nice. Got sentient pustulant boils and toads with distended jaws we got everything <laughs> this is going great <laughs> i saw a couple of posts with some like wargaming or you know just gaming minis that people had had painted and stuff that i thought were really cool uh, that i thought i'd share one was over at the too much lead blog too much lead.blogspot.com where they're showing the rabbits of watership down these like fighting rabbit uh, minis that they've got that includes, uh, they've also got one of the, the killer rabbit, you know, they're from uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, you know, what behind the rabbit? It is the rabbit, you know? So I thought that was awesome. I've actually got a mini for the killer rabbit from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. That's at too much lead.blogspot.com. And then at system sans setting, samhain.wordpress.com. We got a post up called Pumpkin Heads, where they've got these minis with different, uh, you know, kind of jack o' lantern pumpkin heads. Uh, additionally, with stats for Savage Worlds and D and D Five E, and that reminded me that I, I watched Pumpkin Head. I don't know if it was late '80s or very, very early '90s, but uh, terrible, terrible um, horror movie with uh, Lance Hendrickson in it. Um, terrible, you know, so bad it was good, kind of kind of deal it was really bad though it was it was maybe it was borderline so bad it's bad you know <laughs> but uh but anyway kind of maybe think about that now um so anyway just just some cool images of, of minis that people are doing oh i've got a ton of miscellaneous stuff ton of good stuff couple of posts up over at the my terrible sorcery is without equal in the west blog terrible sorcery.blogspot.com HDA is letting their friend Steve guest and post on the blog. And there's been two of these so far. Maybe it'll be a series, but it's called Revising the Weapon Armor Lists. And uh, one, one post is for prehistory and the other is for antiquity uh, around like the Roman Greek times. And what these posts are... Now look, <clears throat> I don't look for realism in my fantasy games. You know, it's not that important to me. But these, I thought these were still really interesting posts because what they're going through and doing, and this is, these are for 5e, it's talking about the weapon and armor lists and kind of tying them into real history. 
or at least, you know, speculative history when you're talking about prehistory. Um, so it's got things like in prehistory, like, you know, uh, shark tooth clubs and blowguns and stuff. And then for antiquity, it's got uh, different like Macedonian spears and, and uh, Roman cavalry swords and stuff like that. So depending on the flavor of your game, uh, I thought these were, were you know, cool, interesting um, 5e weapon tables. And some of them even have new um, uh, 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 considerations, like in addition to like finesse and versatile, there's ones that are, are fragile. So they can, uh, you know, if they're made of bone or stone, they can chip and break and stuff like that. So some cool guest posts going on over there at terriblesorcery.blogspot.com. The Acorn of Float, I love this blog. They're always playing with language. It's a very interesting blog. They'll do haiku, you know, D&D haiku, monster manual haiku. They were doing some posts about anagrams where they're taking spells and, do, uh, you know, doing anagrams of the names and making new spells out of them. Or, and, uh, and now they've done spells run through Google Translate a couple of times. So um, uh, they said that they... <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, it's different, but I, I love this blog for these kind of creative ideas. They uh, they ran them ran them through uh, Google Translate, end up with 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 uh, with interesting spell names like bend lock and compensation and let him die and uh, even names like Mark Oaken, like <laughs> Mark Oaken. I don't know. So Google Translate going through it, uh, you know. Shifting it through Finnish, Chinese, Russian, Zulu, Thai, and Norwegian to come back to English, you get uh, names like that, like animal condition and uh, anti-dynamic field and hat. What <laughs> that actually could probably be a Gygax uh, when Gygax was doing the first uh, uh, cantrips. They sort of had names like that. Hat, you know. What's on your spell list? Oh, I've got sleep. I've got detect magic, and I've got hat. <laughs> I'm first level. So anyway, acornafloat.blogspot.com. Great stuff. I don't know if I did a good job explaining it, but uh, free RPG day has been announced for June 13th. Love free RPG day. I know where I'll be down at Tyke's Games here in Athens, Georgia, trying to get my hands on this stuff. And uh, anyway, they've announced the publishers. So amongst the publishers, Steve Jackson Games, ninth level. I'm surprised to see... Uh, Fantasy Flight Games on here, given that they have dropped out of the uh, RPG, you know, maybe they'll drop out. But anyway, Cubicle 7, Goodman Games, always love getting that DCC free RPG stuff from them. Green Rodan, Modifius, a bunch of other places. Pelgrane, Pelgrane always does good stuff. Um, if you can get your hands on it, they'll do stuff for uh, uh, Yellow King or um, Trail of Cthulhu. Pelgrane's pretty, uh, th that gumshoe stuff's pretty underrated. I like it. Um, anyway, getting off topic. If you want to see the list of the publishers for free RPG day, that's over at the nworld.org uh, blog. I guess that's more of a forum, but it shows up in your blog roll if you put it in there. And, uh, okay. Ann Hunter's DIY and Dragons blog, DIYandDragons.blogspot.com. I love when people are doing these. Best of the blogosphere. So Ann has a collection of stuff from the last couple of months that they really enjoyed. So uh, be sure and check this out. 
if you're if you like hump day bloggerama you'll love this uh, collection of other cool stuff from the uh, for, from around the blogosphere up over at DIY and dragons what else do I have uh, okay so whenever people go to these conventions and stuff uh, I like to put up some posts so we can live vicariously through them and so Alcon just happened and Alcon looks like a blast Jim Johnson who does so many cool things the uh, uh, Planet Era stuff um, anyway, they blog over at cubeofquasar.blogspot.com and they've got a, just a series of posts from their, uh, from, from their experience at Alcon. So all you do is go over to cubeofquasar.blogspot.com and scroll through it. And they've got, you know, all the different games and a bunch of photographs of what they did all, all through the, um, the, the con. And then, uh, over at Troll and Flame, Norman J. Harmon's blog that's come up before, they, uh, they also went to Alcon as well. And have some uh, some more some uh, more stuff about that. So anyway, Alcon looks cool. And then over at the Xenopus Archives, they're posting about ScrumCon. ScrumCon 2020 was a resounding success. So they did some uh, historical miniatures games and uh, uh, a bunch of stuff. So anyway, more photographs, more living vicariously while other people have fun at conventions. While you're working or, or whatever, taking care of the kids, you know how it goes. All right. And then, uh, Tim Knight's hero press blog. Love the hero press blog, hero press blogspot.com. talking about this Amazon original series tales from the loop. And I, it seems like I had heard about this happening, but now there's a trailer and everything for it. So, uh, free league publishing's tales from the loop is now going to be a show on Amazon. Looks really cool. Looks right up my alley, actually. So check that out at heropress2.blogspot.com. Post I love up at geeknative.com, the charming story of D&D in a nursing home. I've helped uh, folks get volunteer opportunities at retirement communities and, and nursing homes. It's, it's such an important thing um, to improve quality of life, to have uh, contact and activities and everything else. It's what I... It's what I fantasize about. I think I was talking to Rob C. from Down in a Heap about it. You know, I'd love to be the wargaming in the nursing home. That's 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 what it's uh, that's what it's all about. No work, just just uh, taking my meds. Sure, there'll be some prostate issues, but but rolling dice when I can, right? But uh, anyway, they're talking about uh, they put up a a, a thread of 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 uh, a, a Reddit user that had shared their experience running D&D in a nursing home. And amongst the, the cute asides is uh, a, an elderly woman that chose to play the barbarian. And when they asked, asked her the name for their barbarian, they said Conan, of course. And they, they read Conan, uh, you know, growing up and were bashing in doors with their sword and everything. So anyway, I, I just enjoyed this. This is uh, uh, good stuff, feel-good stuff, D&D at a nursing home. And then finally on the miscellany, the Smithsonian has released 2.8 million free images and more. The Smithsonian Institution has released 2.8 million images from its digital collection for broad public use. Uh, the Smithsonian Open Access Initiative removes copyright restrictions from images and data, releasing its vast database into the public domain with a Creative Commons Zero license meaning digital files can be used in any way, including for commercial purposes, without requiring permission or even attribution. And so this is over at the history blog, the history blog 
Facebook.com. I know I've got some listeners that will eat that up. All right, so for the final topic, I'm talking about campaign Bibles. What am I even talking about? Well, uh, it was prompted by this post over the Angry GM, the angrygm.com, how to run a biblical campaign. And what they're talking about as a campaign Bible is your own kind of collection, your own hodgepodge of notes, whether it's in a notebook, whether it's in a binder, whether you're keeping it online, your own kind of campaign creation, your own sloppy notes, your own disjointed mess that only you understand, but that's critical for your game. Everybody has this, I would think, that's run any long-term campaign. Made me go back to one of my old campaign Bibles, what old notebooks from a Greyhawk campaign, and I, I put up an image of it. Um, it's, it's, it, it's almost illegible to me. So to anyone else, I, I'm sure it's, um, you know, complete and total chicken scratch, but this was an interesting read. They were given advice, some of which I agree with, some of which I don't. Um, like, uh, you know, one thing I definitely agree with is, is, is not trying to write it as something for people to read and not trying to write it like a book making it, you know, very personal and just kind of, uh, building on it with, with notes that, uh, it's kind of like my old notes in college and high school. No one else would really understand them when I was taking notes, if they looked at them, but, but, but you understand them perfectly because you did them. And if you go back and review them, you know, it helps you remember everything from those NPCs and those personalities and what the players did and what's coming up and ideas for this, that, and the other. Hopefully, if you want to call in on the show, use the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm forward slash thought eater and let me know about what you use as far as your notebook or when you create a new campaign setting or whatever, what's your method, what's your campaign Bible like. And you could even, if you want to, send me images to frothsof, frothsof at gmail.com and I'll post them on another show. Now, you don't have to do that. I, know, I realize it's work. Uh, but, uh, just if you wanted to share what you do, uh, I'll share it on, uh, on another show. I did want to share a couple of products that I've grabbed that for my next big campaigns, whether they're D and D or, or something else that, uh, I'd like to use. One, uh, is on Lulu and it's called, uh, the incredible dungeon master's assistant. This is something a friend of mine, Andy C put together and what it is is basically a collection of, you know, just lined paper you can use um, and, and graph paper and stuff like that. So it's a cool way to just kind of organize your setting. Maybe not so much for just taking notes while you're in the middle of a game all the time, but maybe more for, you know, kind of the front end character, you know, front end creation. The other thing I saw that was cool, and I just saw this uh, a couple days ago, and I've already printed it out for myself. It's called the Adventurer's Companion. Now, this is for 5e in that it does include a character sheet and um, some, you know, uh, frequently used bits like conditions and stuff like that. But it also has a collection of scratch paper, um, uh, uh, graph paper, and, and stuff like that that's a handy, especially on a, the player side, you know, because a campaign Bible can be cool not just for the GM but also for the player this whole, um, you know, creating this whole thing of, of your experience in that campaign, your own notes, your own everything like that. And then you've got this kind of record of that campaign 
you know, that you, that you can kind of go back to and look at forever, or also just kind of refresh yourself before sessions if there's a long gap and stuff like that. So, so anyway, I've never heard them called the campaign Bible before. I, I heard D and D uh, Watsy calling their, you know, saying they have a story Bible for their new care, you know, uh, product arcs and stuff like that. But calling a campaign Bible. Uh, I like that a lot better than just calling it, you know, your campaign notes. Uh, it, it does give it that kind of reverence, that kind of holiness <laughs> that it deserves when you spend so many hours uh, running, prepping, and playing and everything else. So so anyway, just some, some cool stuff to look at, some ideas. Um, sometimes you have to kind of fail and, and keep really terrible notes and or not keep notes at all a few times before you realize the importance of it. And sometimes, uh, like anything, it, you, well, not like with anything, you don't always get better with age, but uh, often with experience, you get better and better at, at, at realizing what the most important information you need to keep is, uh, what, um, you know, your failures that have come before, forgetting things, wishing you had written them down, uh, help inform what you need to do, you know help you get better at, at doing this stuff. But, um, you know, and so many times I, I'm utilizing published adventures or things like that where you don't necessarily need as much, uh, you know, need that thick of a Bible when you're relying on other people's stuff. But when you're planning it all yourself and everything, um, I think it's really important. And it's just definitely important through session to session to keep track of it. One thing that was helping me for a while was doing the session recaps. I kind of miss doing those, but I just don't have time anymore to do as much, you know, I can't podcast every day of the week. I, I just, but uh, those really helped. So for some people, a campaign Bible might just be even just using some voice program on your phone and, and, and just talking rather than having to type stuff out or write it down. You might find that easier and uh, easier to listen to. You can just listen back while you're in your car or whatever else instead of having to read it. And then and that can be uh, just as just as helpful, I would think. But anyway, you know, this um, this uh, GM companion thing on Lulu is really cheap, especially if you wait around for free shipping. You can just order yourself a few of these and have them, the, you know, the GM notebook. And then this Adventurer's Companion is uh is pay what you want on drive through and like i say it's more for 5e the other one's just generic but uh but if you're playing 5e uh, it'd be make a good um uh a player bible to check out so so anyway if you think about it and if you want to let me know how you keep your notes what's your campaign bible all about um and also if you'd like to send images of it uh to my email, I will put them up on the show, put them up on the next blog post. All righty. Well, that is the show for this week. Hope you enjoyed it. I enjoyed putting it together for you. Uh, I've had a few folks join the Patreon lately. I want y'all to know I'm very thankful for your support. If anybody wants to chip in a dollar a month to support the show, you go to patreon.com forward slash thought eater. And yeah. I have got some exciting news for Sunday Zine Club this weekend. I'm going to be interviewing Evelyn Moreau, legendary zine creator, uh, chromatic cauldron blog, just a, an incredibly talented artist, 
And so I'm a huge fan, so I'm really excited, really excited. So got that coming up for you. And uh, if you haven't already, check out last week's Sunday Zine Club. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. If you want to message me, use the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm forward slash thought eater. Use the message button there. Again, you can always email me, frothsof at gmail.com. Don't forget all these links are up over the Thought Eater blog. And while you're over there, if you're a blogger, add the Thought Eater blog to your blog roll. <sighs> I'm a little tired. I'm probably forgetting something, but I know one thing I'm not forgetting. That Logan drops that funky beat. Sickly platypus, a psychic grenade. Zeroing in on your mental trade. Gonna help you escape from the grind. Thought eater gonna blow your mind. Boom, 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 boom,